Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is a unanimous decision with the voice in your ears, Adam Kaplan. And I have a very special guest with me, Bellator vet, BKFC vet, the Batman from Bat Yum. Hi, how are we doing, baby? I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday night. I'm in Israel. Everything is cool. Yes, sir. Shabbat shalom. So yeah. you, we were just talking off camera that you were stuck in New York after um, being in Florida for the Bare Knuckle Fight Championship. Now, how was that experience right off the bat fighting for Bare Knuckle FC? Yeah, it's a great experience. You know, it's something different, something, you know, something else. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm an MMA fighter. All my fights, I'm submitting people. You know, suddenly it's uh, just a boxing uh, match, but bare knuckle match. You know, so it's not it's not like box, boxing, but no glove. And uh, it was a great experience. You know, the, to do the change from MMA to bare knuckle. And what made I you, like it? What made you come out of retirement uh, from MMA and you know fighting in a great promo like Bellator to then go on and and do bare knuckle boxing? First of all, I wanted to do the bare knuckle. And then when I saw it for the first time, you know, when the organization uh, start, uh, so it was like a challenge for me. I said, oh, my God, that, that's, that's, that's brutal, you know. That's not the MMA, you know. Everybody think MMA is the, the real deal, but this one is the real deal, you know. It's just standing with, in front of a man, you know, no glove, no nothing, just pucks to the face, you know. So I said, I have to do that. And after I retired, you know, the COVID came out destroy everything, you know, I had a security company, my security company closed. I see them, you know, almost a year. I said, what am I going to do? Come on, I'm going to continue fighting, you know, because the fighting just started in the world with no audience and stuff like that. So I said, I'm going back to fighting. So I start fighting again. That's beautiful. Now, were you apprehensive? Were you a, a little bit hesitant on joining BKFC after, you know, clearly having such an illustrious career in MMA? You're, you're, a, you're a grappler by nature. You're a black belt in jiu-jitsu. What made you want to take the uncomfortable route by eliminating probably the strongest part of your game? It's a challenge, you know. I like to challenge myself. I want to, uh, it's a new experience. I wanted to do the change, you know, to show everybody I can, punch also and what is a better place to punch and bare knuckle you know so that's what I did you know I did my camp in the states because Israeli went to quarantine you know number three so me and my coach went to my son my son lived in New York when I fly over there started training camp in New York you know my boxing coach and we do the change you know like in two months I become a boxer very nice. And that you did. I mean, Reese McAllister uh, gave some trouble in the first round. You went into that corner and, and completely turned that fight around. And I, I think a lot of people were betting against you, but uh, if they were live betting and watching that fight, but the way that you turned it around and, and put the pedal to the metal on him, it was definitely uh, one of the big storylines of the evening in, in, in those fights. Um, when you're looking back at it now, what changed in between the first and the second round? Was it getting your bearings, getting a little bit more comfortable in there, or did you see maybe a decline in your opponent's performance? No, it was from the beginning. Uh, my coach told me, know that the first round, you, you're probably not going to punch him. You're probably going to get hit. You have to not break, you know, like mentally break. 
So I knew that, but you know, the, the round and also it's, it's bare knuckle, you know, it's first time, you know, so the first round was like, I got beat, but I cannot punch him, you know, and I got beat and again and again, but the clinch was my side because I know how to, I know how to clinch because of the jiu-jitsu. So I clinch a lot, recover myself. And then I went to the corner and my, my coach wanted to bring the chair. I told him, no, I don't want a chair. I want him to see me standing, you know, and then. I told him, listen, I cannot hit him. Nothing is coming out. He told me, listen, we lost the first round. Now it's the second one. Forget about this round. Go win this one. So I went outside like a different man, you know, a little bit clinching. You know, it was like clinch, clinch, clinch. I get, get him tired in the clinch because I'm a natural, you know, not to fight in the clinch. Yeah. And then I give a couple of punches. I hit him and he fell down, you know. Well, I that, see him, you know, first knockdown, I see him fall, and then he start to count, you know, the referee, because it's boxing. And I said to myself, no, please, come on, don't get up, no, come on, stay, stay down. <laughs> you know, suddenly get up, and I said, ah. Now, so my coach told me, run, run to him. So I ran, give him a couple of punches, and he fell down. Yes. That was the end, yeah. That, that was a great turnaround. And that was one of the things uh, that I was talking about with, I had John Lee Chalbeck on who fought on uh, the same night as you. And I spoke to him about the difference of the fighter's successes. One of them was those who were able to adapt in the clinch and utilize that dirty boxing um, had a far more superior game plan than the ones that were just trying to stand on the outside. You know, so I, I really liked the way that you were able to adjust that. The dirty boxing is obviously something that you like to implement a lot in MMA. Were you tempted at all to go for a trip or go for a takedown, or you knew that, you know, after focus? No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm a professional, you know. I know it's a boxing. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You know, it didn't even come to my head, you know, to do something like that, you know. But, you know, we work on the clinch a lot, you know. We knew it's going to happen. We knew we need it. Yeah, I knew I, I used to grab his hand, and with the other hand, I bring the other hand, you know, I'm like, Catching two hands with yes. one hand and punch like that, you know. So we work on it, you know. It's a strategy for this kind of fight because it's not boxing. You cannot move too much. You cannot punch too much. And if something just got it, you cut. You cut yourself, you know. So, so the clinch is a good, good uh, strategy for me. Very it was much a good so. strategy, yeah. Very much so. I think that those who utilize the clinch, we even saw with Paige Van Zandt when she was trying to fight a distance. She wasn't able to... Uh, give off her game plan but when she closed that distance and used the clinch she was far more successful so that that was definitely uh, a, a great transition between the first and the second round do you think that you'll you'll fight for the promotion again or was this something you wanted to get off your chest and and that's it first of all if they're gonna give me another fight i'm fighting uh, second of all we talk about winning the bare knuckle to israel so now israel got four million people got the vaccine so I believe in like months from now, all Israel with vaccines, so everything's going to be open again. They start to open places now. Sunday, they're going to start uh, doing show again. The gym is going to open, so Israel is going to be the first country I think going to come back to normal. So the what we wanted to bring, bring the bell knuckle also to Israel, you know. So if I'm going to bring them, of course I'm going to fight, you know. That's beautiful. Now. You finished off your career on a, with Bellator on quite a high note. You know, four, four finishes in the first round. Your last fight was in Tel Aviv. Your second to last fight was the first event that Bellator had in New York City. Now, you did talk about doing your camp 
uh, for Bare Knuckle Fight Championship in New York with your son. Did you prepare in New York with your son leading up to that fight in New York? In Bellator? Yes. Yeah. No, my son was in Israel. He just uh, fought, I think, uh, he just uh, fought the fight that he took, the 11-second fight. Yeah. So he went back to Israel, you know, to enjoy the, you know, the people of it. Like, and I stay in New York and train, yeah. So each fight that I have in another country, like in the States, so I'm going over there to train. Like when I fought in the foam LA, so I went to LA to train. Okay. Because uh, I'm also like, promoting the fight for the Israeli community and the Jewish community. So Absolutely. that's why I'm going. That's why I'm moving for places to places when I'm, when I'm fighting. So you know? what I wanted to ask you was, did you feel how special the event was fighting for Bellator, that it was the first one in New York City? Or to you, did it feel, you know, like another fight? Or did you feel that Madison Square Garden energy? Well, first of all, to be the first Israeli that fighting in a Madison Square Garden was crazy for me, you know. To be the first, you know, so it's different. It's different when you go to the Madison Square Garden, something else, you know, it's like the fighting mecca, you know, all the great fighter in the world fought over there, and suddenly you from Batyam fighting over there. So it, it's something else, you know. It was a big deal. And, and w is it safe to say, though, that there's no better place to fight than home? Was, was the, the win in Tel Aviv on your last, on your last fight with Bellator the, the biggest one of them all? Yeah, because when you're fighting in Israel, so like you have uh, almost 11,000 people in the audience. It was, I think, uh, the, this event was like 10,000, something like that. Everybody's like with you. Everybody wants you to win. So everybody's yeah. like pushing you and everybody's like screaming. So it's different, you know, it's different. When you go to another country, nobody uh, cheers for you. Just the Israeli that come. Not, not a lot going to come, you know. Right. It's not like it's going to come thousands of people, but so over it, something else to fight in, in, your, in your country. Absolutely. Do you see yourself fighting for Bellator in the future now that they did that deal with Showtime? No, I don't know. The Bellator want me, want me to retire because they want me to promote the Israeli event. So they didn't want me to fight and promote, just to promote. But now we don't know what's going to happen because the COVID... There's no show. So last year there was no show in Israel. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for for the call from Bellator to see what's going on because nobody knows what's going to be going to happen this year, you know. But if Israel going to do the vaccine like they're doing now, so probably going to be Bellator also. Very, very nice. Like last, you know, the end of the year. Well, that, that, that's huge for you. I mean, obviously, you would like to continue to go in there and, and show off your grappling skills. And now, you know, with that even more comfort in bare knuckle fight championship. I actually think that it's going to carry over even better in your MMA career because, you know, it, when you're forced to just do one thing, this is where I, I see that you'll get the most results, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. And I think it's going to be, now I have another fight, you know, in, uh, in uh, April, 3rd of April, you know, in uh, Ukraine. Okay. So, yeah, I close it like, Yesterday, you know, I don't have the opponent yet, but it's gonna. It's a new organization. Is uh, they want me to help them uh, promote the organization, you know? So I'm gonna fight again in MMA in one month from now. Very nice. So I have like news. I have like one week to recover, and then I need to start fight, uh, you know, training again. Will you be going so, to New York for that? No, it's a crane. You know, it's like two hours flight from over here. So I'm, I'm still I'm gonna train over here in Israel. You know. 
Very nice. I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not going to go to no place. Only in Israel with my coaches and everybody. What's the promotion called? Well, it's a new one. I need to go to the. I need to go to the phone to see it. I don't remember it. You know. No worries. It's a new one. It's it's. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care the opponent. I don't care. I'm 48 years old. I'm not fighting for rank or ranking or for belts or for. I'm fighting because I like it, you know, enjoy it, and I can do it, you know. So, so that's why I'm fighting. That's a kick-ass yeah. story. I appreciate you breaking that news. That's very good. No fear, ready yeah. to go. Talk to yeah. me. How 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 is it for you being the pioneer of Israeli MMA? Do you carry on that pressure? Do you take it lightly? How do you feel? Because obviously, you know, the Israelis are proud, proud people, and they're not ones to 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 fuck around with or to push around with. Very straight people. Now, how is it for you being at the helm of it uh, for such a strong country like Israel with great pride? No, it's, 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 that's, my, that's us, you know, Israeli, you know. We fight, we're we warrior, not fighter even. You know, we're born like warrior because life pushes us to be like that, you know, from the day of the Bible and whatever, the history, the Jewish history, everybody knows, the Holocaust and stuff like that, you know. And all the Arab countries that are trying to destroy us for like 70 years already, you know, 700 of years, but I'm talking about the Israeli nation. So that's us, you know, you have to be a warrior. And now the MMA scenes, you know, started in Israel in the 2000, but it was, not, it was weak because we are a couple of people that do that. 2016, when I bring Bellator to Israel, you know, so after one show, everybody knew what is MMA in Israel. So the second show already, People recognize the fighter already. The third show, well, you know, the fighter becomes stars. You know, like everybody know you. The fourth show, that that's it. You're mainstream all day. You know, hey, I'm gonna go the selfies. You know, one T-shirt, one a picture, one that. So that's me. That's what I did for the Israeli scene. You know, so MMA scene. So it's crazy. You know. So and I'm the oldest one and still fighting. So. Everybody tell me that, that's it, retire, retire. After every fight, retire, retire. I say, yes, I'm going to retire, and then I'm coming back again. You know? The Batman is back. I love that. Now, yeah. how, did the, how did it feel taking on that pressure from the first show in Israel versus the last one? No pressure, all good? Or did you slowly start to see that you were separating yourself from the pack in terms of growing into a star? No, there was no pressure. I, I didn't, you know, first show I wanted to, I fought the first, the first fight, you know, first fight on the undercard. Because I didn't want to be, I wanted to fight and then, you know, walk in the show, you know, like, because I was part of the, the, the production of the show. So, but the second one was cancellation in the main event. So they changed me to be the co-main event. So that's when I become a big star because I submit over there in a 40, 43 second, the fastest, uh, the second fastest submission in welterweight division in Bellator. So I become a star overnight, you know. And there's no pressure. It's fun, you know. Everybody recognizes you. It's, you know, it's, it's fun. Nice. I work for it, you know. I work for it all my life, so I deserve it. Absolutely. Um... Looking at the looking at your such your strong your your strong resume of, of winning by first round submissions, are you able to tell within the first few seconds of being in a clinch or having a guy on top of you whether or not you have his number and you're going to be able to submit him? 
No, not not always, not always. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes it's a mistake, like the the forty seconds uh, fastest submission. You know, so when the guy take me take me down, so he put his hand under my leg, so I triangle him. You know, so sometimes it's like that. When I fought in the Madison Square Garden, so I put the triangle like, you know, like uh, slicky. You know, the guy didn't pay attention. You know, so everything, every fight is different. But no, I don't know. You know. Sometimes it's feel hard, you know, like the, 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 the last fight. I was, feel, I was feeling that I'm losing the fight because the guy's like better shape than me, I see. And he's like running like from all direction, you know, he's punching for me, take me down, take me that. Suddenly I catch the leg, you know, so you cannot know, you cannot know. Would you say that heel hooks and leg locks in general is something that a lot of MMA fighters are behind on versus purebred jujitsu practitioners? Yeah, I think so. There's not a lot of now they start to do uh, the leg locks in MMA. Yeah, you know, my last fight in MMA, I cut the leg. It was slippery. I'm trying to do that, and the guy's punching me to the face. You know, because his leg is over here, but his body is like over here. Yes. So he's like just doing that, and my face is like swollen, swollen. You know, until I got the, until the round is finished, I didn't get the leg at the end. But after you get up, I see him like. You know, like, cannot walk, mm. but I couldn't get it. So that's why people in MMA doesn't like the, the, the leg locks because of the punches, because you can punch. But not me, you know, I have a big head. I know how to get a punch, you know, how to get it. <laughs> Strong uh, chin. Yes, sir. So, yeah, so, um, um, I like the leg locks. Speaking of leg locks, I saw that uh, Dylan Dennis, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, was, uh, had a little bit of an exchange with your son. And your, your son definitely said, I'll be ready to kick your ass when, uh, when you're ready to fight the big leagues. You know of Dylan Dennis? Yeah, I don't like him. I, first of all, I, I told him, if you want to fight, you can come fight me. But, you know, he's just uh, challenging people that doesn't sign in Bellator, challenging people in boxing, challenging people in, I don't know, football. Suddenly gonna, he's going to start challenging people in soccer or uh, basketball. I don't know what the, what the guy wants. I was signing in Bellator. He was in Bellator. I told him, let's fight. No answer. My son didn't invite him to fight. The, the, the reporter, after his fight, asked him, you know, there's somebody else in the in grappling that say he's the best in grappling in Bellator. You want to fight somebody? I said, yeah, I'm going to bring him back, bring Dylan, I'm going to fight him. But it's, it's not like I ask him. You know, I even did a t-shirt that I'm catching a, a key change <laughs> with his face because I call him a corner key change, you know? It's like a key change, you know? So, but the guy, I don't know. Very, very slick. How do you see, how would you see that fight going if you had the opportunity to fight Dylan Dennis or, Aviv, or, uh, or your son Aviv would? If it's, I don't know my son. I don't know if he's going to fight me. I'm going to punch him to death. You know, but well, what are you going to do? Take me to the ground? Okay, take me to the ground. So it's going to be what? Jiu-Jitsu competition? No. He doesn't know how to fight MMA. You know, he doesn't know how to do Jiu-Jitsu. And his fight, his two fights that he did was with people that doesn't know ground, you know. I know how to fight in ground, you know. Of course. I'm fighting the MMA for my back, you know. Not a lot of people fighting from the back. Only always Gracie in the old days. Right. You know, I know how to fight for my back, so. 
The only, the only reason why I bring up Dylan Dennis is, is because you know that a lot of people in the sport who like Connor, you know, they like Dylan Dennis. So I'm not bringing him up in the sense that he is somebody that you should actually fight or somebody on your realm. It's more so of a, you know, a mainstream question. Now, getting back to the nitty gritty in terms of being one of the pioneers of, of Israeli MMA, um, do you have contact with fighters like Noad Layat or Natan Levy? Are you, are you guys a close-knit group or Israeli MMA a little bit more separated? Uh, separated. Uh, Noad and me, uh, doesn't, we don't talk. We don't talk for a long time, you know. Uh, Natan Levy is a good guy, but he lives in the in, in, uh, in, uh, United States, yeah. so I don't see him or something like that. So we don't have, like, uh, when you want the... The contender, I send them like, uh, like uh, you know, uh, good luck and yeah, yeah. Uh, have a good career and stuff like that. But no, not too much, you know. Mm-hmm. The guys who live in, out, of, out of Israel, you know, outside of Israel, I don't have uh, too much contact with. But the, all the fighters in Israel, yeah, you know, people over here, you know. Very nice. Now, I, I wanted to ask you something, you know, obviously being, being Jewish, uh, being proud, being Israeli as well, you know, um, with recent apps like TikTok, et cetera, you know, uh, kind of creeping in some anti-Semitism and making jokes about the Holocaust and, you know, especially in the United States and, and, and Canada as well, we're seeing, you know, people discriminate towards that, um, you know, do do the people in Israel see this? The the negative press that is happening in terms of anti-Semitic issues? The, are, are, I, I- I see that, you know, they put, they, they put my uh, Instagram in TikTok and uh, said, this is Israeli fighter, everybody go and curse him and show them, you know. So I got like hundreds of hundreds, like anti-shaming, you know, message like, fuck Israel, fuck you, fuck Israel, fuck you, Palestine forever, you know. And they put my, and then I saw somebody send me a link from TikTok and then I see my profile, you know, my Instagram profile on TikTok that they said, go curse this guy. Yeah. Those guys with no brain, you know, those people with no brain. Fuck Israel, fuck you. Fuck. What the fuck are you talking about? Come on. Yeah. What do you know? Just to curse, you, don't, you cannot talk, you know. At the beginning, I used to answer them. And I said, love you too. You know, love you too, love you too, love you too. And they start to curse again, again, again. And then I said, love you too. 100 curses, you know. So I said, that's it. I'm not answering it. So well, I'm getting every day like a hundred of messages. But I don't answer anymore. If somebody put a, like a comment on one of my pictures, like, and they do that, so that the guy, because I don't want people to see that, you know. Yes. But if they send me for my private, you know, message, I don't care. Yeah. Now, w- would you say that this is something um, that is recently becoming about again? You know, it's, it seems as if all of the sudden now we're, we're starting to again, you know, especially in New York City with, with COVID and stuff, you know, there are uh, Hasidims, et cetera, breaking the rules a bit in terms of having Minyan with more than 10 people, et cetera. Now it's causing yeah. you know, a little bit of an uproar against the Jewish people. Now, you know, I, I, I just wanted to ask you your sentiments on, on, you know, is there a worry that we're going it, to- it, it, it's, it's, it's happened in Israel too. Yes. The religious doesn't care and everybody's a quarantine because of them. So it becomes that Israeli people, like Jewish people, people start to hate the other Jewish people because why? You don't listen to the, you know, the, the rules. So I believe if it's happening somebody in some place else that somebody's not a Jewish and see a Jewish guy do that, so 
of course he's going to hate the Jewish guys, you know, if it's happening in Israel. So, yeah, I, I, I see that in the last couple of months. Yeah, that's from the COVID, you know, she said, he said it. So the, I got a lot of messages, you know, all these messages start from the COVID. Yeah, people, you know, the shame it was all, all life, you know, like since the beginning of the, 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 the human race. So, I, I feel that it's a complicated topic because I feel as Jew, as Jews, you know, it is, um, it is very important for us to stick together and never turn our back on each other due to the fact of persecution over, over the history of World War II and, you know, even thousands of years ago, the way we were per persecuted. So how does that, you know, obviously it doesn't make you feel good seeing now that secular Jews are going at it versus religious Jews. Now, is, is there a, uh, do you feel that this is going to become a reoccurring issue to create somewhat of a divide? That's what happened in Israel now, you know, yeah. that's what everybody talking about now that the country has become like separate, you know, because mm. this one and this one and this one. So I'm trying not to, to think about it like that, you know, it's uh, upset you, you know, it's upset when you see stuff like that, that everybody needs to stay home, you know, business is closing because people doesn't listen to the rules. So, yeah, but what can we do? We all sure. Jewish, we need to be, take, care, take care of each other. You know, if I'm going to be in another country and I see somebody want to do something to Jewish, I'm, I'm going to be the first one who's going to jump, you know. So doesn't matter if it's religious, not religious. We all Jew and we have to stick it with each other, you know help each other. Absolutely. I love that. I can't, I can't, uh, I wouldn't want to end the podcast in any other way. I thought that that was beautifully well put. Everyone does need to stand together. Um, you definitely being at the helm of Israeli MMA is definitely the, the, the perfect figurehead that they have to rely on in, in the sense of being a, a, a good voice for the Jewish people, especially athletes as well. Uh, Chaim, I thank you so much for coming on the show. Why don't you show thank the you. fans that, that new hat of yours, that Gozali Nose hat. I love that. There you go, baby. Gozali Nose. Gozali Nose. The Batman from Bat Yum. I can't wait to see you again maybe on BKFC in, in, in Tel Aviv, or thank maybe you. they'll even do it in Jerusalem. It would be huge. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. That would Thank be crazy. You. And again, uh, props to you for walking out to Shalom Aleichem on Friday night, baby. That was a big time thing. Very big. Everybody takes notice of it. And uh, we appreciate what you're doing for Israeli MMA. And we appreciate what you've done in your career. Uh, an illustrious career, 12 and 6, 1 and 0 in BKFC. Last four fights finished in the first round, I believe, by submission. Uh, record-breaking event in New York City, followed by one in Tel Aviv. Then you go down to Florida under the COVID era. Reese McAllister in the second round. What could be better, baby? I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chaim. Shabbat Shalom. Thank Have you. a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for coming on the unanimous decision. Thank you.